Hello, I'm Thomas Grubbs. And I'm Rian Holmes. And today is our second of your three picks. Uh, we just did first being a war farm, and uh, now you've uh, you're rounding us out with two films that have gone on to become musicals. Um, Catch Me If You Can, which is our next episode. Uh, I feel people are surprised that there's a musical. And I feel like with your second choice, people are surprised that it's a film. So why don't you tell us what film this is? Uh, So this is Adrian Shelley's 2007 film, Waitress. Let's hear someone say it's in me. What do you want me to say? That was great, baby. Mm, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely wonderful. So, what seems to be the problem? I seem to be pregnant. Congratulations. Thanks, but I'm not so happy about it. I'm having the baby, and that's that. Un-congratulations. Un-thank you. The biggest mystery about Jenna Hunterson is how a girl this great ended up with a life like this. I don't care if she is a pie genius. I wouldn't trade places with her. No. Where's that money you made today? Right here in my pocket. Well, now hand it over. I'm inventing a new pie in my head. I hate my husband pie. There's a diner right near where I grew up. I had a mad crush on this waitress. You made me think of her. What do things say? It was a compliment. Nobody ever notices me in that way. You sure is getting fed. Pregnant, self-pitying loser pie. Flambe, of course. Uh, this is my top-tier comfort film. I watch it when I'm happy, sad, in love, out of love. It's just, it's so multifaceted. Um, so, yeah, let's kick off. Yes, I was, this was a, a virgin watch. I'd, I'd never seen this. Um, and I was, I was delightful. It was uh, wonderful. I'm really glad you thought mm. so. How you doing today, Joe? Same as yesterday, Jenna. How are you? Same train wreck. How's the bad husband? What if you decide to love the baby more than you love me? Just awful. What are you doing here? Wanted to see you. I can't have no affair because it's wrong and I don't want Earl to kill me pie. Hold the banana. Maybe we could have a coffee or something. I can't have coffee. It's on the bad food list you gave me. What kind of doctor are you? You don't even know what you are deep inside. You're not just some little waitress. Make the right choice. Start fresh. I could find the whole meaning of life for us. Wow. Falling in love, pie. Okay, back to reality. Jenna, no. Not with the door open. Uh, I, I, uh, I do have changes. I do have, I do have marginal changes but i thought all in all all in all pretty pretty swell a uh, uh, swell ride flies by mm-hmm. um uh, lovely lovely time at the movie theater when i say that i mean a lovely time on my ipad <laughs> with my little speaker at my desk on your youtube account because yeah. you bought it <laughs> the most furthest remove from the theatrical experience but didn't it make you feel like you were right there? <laughs> in a diner? Yeah. That little hometown feel. And they all felt like these. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was, so, 
you are a musical person. I'm a musical person. Um, I can't say I'm a big fan of the musical waitress. Um, I, I have listened to the soundtrack. Um, it's it's none of them made it to my um, the only musical compilation you'll ever need playlist, which is uh, famous uh, amongst my circle of friends. I have one rule: every musical only gets three songs. Doesn't matter because I hate it when people make I think playlists. That's a good rule. I think that is a good rule. My rule is just generally there's always one or two songs that you can drop uh, mm. from a musical because I have my own Broadway master list. Mm. Um, and it's usually the whole thing minus one or two. See, that's what I don't like. I'm like, <laughs> well, no, I just put the album. I, I'm very strict uh, um, okay. because, because also I like a lot of musicals. And so three... I don't know what your position, um, but what's your relationship to uh, Waitress the Musical? Because I think that's in many ways become the legacy of the film. Yeah, so it was what I, I think it's what I saw first. I was going um, to say, which was the uh, Ignite. Yeah, I was kind of late to discovering the soundtrack. And I think like you, I didn't have any big feelings about it, just listening in isolation. Um, but then something clicked fell in love went on to see it another three times uh, <laughs> live with a different Jenna each time which was really interesting. at the Adelphi in the in yes yeah. um I actually saw Sarah Bareilles as oh, Jenna yeah. um which was just incredible um and then I received the film as a gift on DVD and <laughs> then I would just watch it all the time I think what made the musical so great in hindsight was it was such a faithful adaptation and they had just so much good material to work with. Like they didn't have to stretch it too much to kind of be too glamorous and extravagant. I think it was the perfect feel for a two hour show. I very nearly went to go see it because I'm a gigantic uh, 30 rock fan. And so I very nearly went to go see Jack Mettenbrayer when he was the original Augie. I, I did see him. He was wonderful. Oh, was he? Yes, of course yeah. he is. He's, he's Jack Mettenbrayer. He's wonderful. Uh, are you a 30 Rock fan? Uh, not so much. Um, mm. But I did like him in Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> he's great in Wreck-It Ralph. He's, he's probably the worst part of forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's, he's funny, but he could be cross. Yeah. The great thing about the Ogies is that they don't have to be able to sing. It's almost like a nice bonus if they can sing. Um, but Jack McBrayer, he, he, he did get up there. <laughs> he gave it his best shot. Oh, well, that's good. Is he a good singer? He's all right. I think the acting kind of carried it mostly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a real Sundown performance. You know, yeah. I'd rather have an actor things. that can sing than a singer that can <laughs> act. Yeah. I'd also seen Joe Sugg shortly afterwards. Oh, was how like, is he? He was actually really good, but he had nothing on Jack, I'm afraid. There we go. Um, YouTube comments. I had no clue the musical was based off the movie. This is basically what they all are. Um, that's the majority of them. Mm -hmm. um, is there a, is in the Waitress musical fan hive, is there a, is there a lot of movie fans or are they, is it always, mostly sort of I like the movie but I um I don't really know like I I only recently kind of joined the realms of like waitress stan twitter 
Mm. Um, and they're very much like musical centric, but I think they appreciate the film as like an additional thing. I feel like a lot of them, like me, discovered the show first mm. and kind of fell in love with the music. So I don't know. The director, the movie, the musical are amazing. Such great choices in the Broadway cast. And I hope that Adrian Shelley is proud. This is another sad legacy of the yeah. uh, film is that obviously Adrian Shelley uh, was, was tragically murdered um, following, <coughs> pardon me, it like almost immediately uh, prior to the film's releasing, uh, Carrie Russell yeah. had to be brought into the director's commentary. Um, mm. And yeah, she was a horrible, horrible murder. She was killed and then framed for a suicide. And then her husband said, no, she would never leave a kid. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't kill, she wouldn't kill us off. And then they found that it was, yeah, some guy who was working on a nearby thing. Terrible, horrible thing. She writes, directs and stars. She sings the, sings the theme tune, writes the theme tune. <laughs> um, and uh, she, she's just delightful in this. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's, she's, she's Sean as, as Dawn. Um, I think the wonderful thing is like, well, it's tragic that, you know, she didn't get to see the release and mm -hmm. see the adaptation. Um, especially when, you know, it was taken a lot from her own life. Yes. She, you know, she, she wrote it as a, as a tribute to her daughter who she was mm. pregnant with at the time of writing. Um, but her daughter actually got to go and see the musical's conception. And she That's really very nice. It. And she's in this. The daughter is in this. She, she is, she is little Lulu. Which I didn't know first time watching it. It's a nice little Easter egg. Sigh. Hollywood, stop making movies like this post the MCU era. I wish they would go back. <laughs> That's from me. <laughs> no. um, post MCU era? It's 2007. No, I, I think they're saying to start making them again. But I don't um, think we ever will live in a post MCU era, which is the great travesty of my movie going life. <laughs> I think it's nice having like kitschy little films like this as like yeah. the the cornerstone of a certain time period and it's nice as well that like the way the film is made it's like the time is ambiguous like it yeah. could be the 80s could be the 90s could be the 50s I mean obviously yeah. not but, I mean, they've got like corded phones yeah, and stuff got, like, it's not the 50s but it, it, it has that old town uh, yeah. Lost in lost in time, um, <laughs> the Twilight Zone. No times, a, a town in the middle of nowhere, lost in space and lost in time. Um, let's get into the body of the film with a uh, ten-minute stretch. Rian, what are your nominations that jump out for those ten minutes? Uh, firstly, I had Jenna and Palmer's first kiss or the lead-up. Um, when she's called yeah. back at seven in the morning for him to tell her that spotting is a perfectly normal symptom of early pregnancy. I just think it's such a great journey in that in that one, like mm. however long it is, probably 10 minutes, um, mm. of them being kind of awkward and confused and then angry mm. and then he's apologetic and then it's like, boom. Well, I think, I think it's that thing of people... <laughs> with certain scripts, people underestimate the degree of difficulty in playing a lead in a rom-com when it has tropes 
like him bringing because if Nathan Fillion wasn't so charming and clearly fumbly and it could come off very easily just you know creepy <laughs> and and yeah. that happens all the time in in, in rom-coms and, and romances and comedies they uh, really up that as well in the musical he's a lot more kind of awkward tripping over himself but i suppose it works when it's translated in a broader form yeah, yeah. um Whereas I think, yeah, the subtlety, I think, if anything, the subtleties of this film were its best element. So I don't think in production I would like um, Waitress as much because I, I never left this going, this needs more slapstick humor. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, no, but in, in translation of mediums, certainly that makes sense. Uh, any, any other nominations? I think that's very solid. I have that myself. Yeah. Um, I also had the, the end of the wedding when Earl comes to get her yeah. right into um, Pomater, like showing up at the house and they're saying, you know, I don't want to be saved. And then they make a pie. It's just a lovely, like, you pie. see, you see like just the stark contrasts with like her relationships to these two men mm. and how, you know, the way Earl is quote unquote affectionate with her, mm. but it's all for his own gain and you know he's looking at her and he's kissing her he's not at all you know looking at her whereas you know you've got the same like level of touch and like proximity in the same place with Jim and it's like he looks at her and he sees her I just wanted to look at you one more time <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it's brilliant Star is one great movie why didn't it genuinely baffles me how Star is Born went from in middle of the summer, oh yeah, that's going to be best picture, best actress, best director, best actor, mm -hmm. and then winning nothing but original nothing. song. Well, no, it won original song, but oh, of okay. course it was going to be it, it shallow. And then, yeah. yeah I guess probably because like it's been done so many times. And like, don't get me wrong, I loved it as like a modern retelling i think you can do it a thousand times over in the right way i think my anger is more so fueled by what it lost to i'm not angry at lady gaga because olivia coleman in the favorite was sensational and deserved the, yes. deserved the award um leave her no leave her i like it when she puts her tongue inside me the best the funniest line of 2019 um, <laughs> probably the only line from that film that i remember <laughs> i watched it with uh, an ex at the cinema and mm -hmm. I've seen all of Yorgos Lanthimos' other movies. And I, so I knew that it was going to be weird and perverted and like dark and darkly comedic. And I was looking around and I saw all these elderly women. And I thought, these people have come for a Victorian Olivia Coleman drama. And maybe yeah. they remember Rachel Wise <laughs> from um, Deep Blue Sea. And um, the Deep Blue Sea, not Deep Blue Sea with Samuel L. Jackson. Firstly, we're going to shut this. <laughs> Very different films. Yes. The Deep Blue Sea is Rachel <laughs> Wise having an affair with Tom Hiddleston. Um, very good film. But um, oh, I forget what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> and uh, it was the exact opposite of watching Isle of Dogs and that bloody child with his hot dog. <laughs> you've, you've, uh, I have a sense memory of it. I can smell it. <laughs> I uh, I actually watched the favorite with my mother. Oh, how did in you? In the living it? room. Um, 
we don't talk of it. <laughs> I, I think she kind of astral projected and pretended she wasn't there. Um, well, we had a movie night and it was the entire family watching the favourite because my mum likes the Oscar movies or at least she like or at least she feels like she needs to watch all the Oscar movies. And um she said, Oh, I still haven't watched the favourite. I said, Okay, let's watch the favourite, but I'm telling you now, dad's not gonna like it, Isabel's not gonna like it. And then um and then two hours passed. And then it turned out when it came to picking next week's film that that was my pick. <laughs> it was insane. Well, and my mum had two picks because she picked Bridget Jones's baby. Good pick, though. <laughs> of the three. Of the three. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> um, yeah, wedding. I've also got birth. I think um, mm -hmm. just a knockout. So concluding 10 minutes. Um, but uh, ten minutes is a bit tougher with this film. I feel like uh, it's it's a film of it's a film of vignettes. It's yeah, a film it's of not so ones. it's not so episodic. I found it kind of just mm. melts together. Like a pie. Like a pie. Like a pie. Um, yeah. Rian, what are your weirdly specific favorite parts of this one? The really weird, those little things. Those little things, and there's this. It's full of them. This film. Shit. Um, Joe and his obsession with horoscopes, anything Joe does really, I think the clumsy exposition at the beginning is like my favourite thing, ironically, where he's like, I am Joe, this is my diner, Joe's pie diner, that's me, I'm Joe. <laughs> Wonderful um, Andy Griffith, uh, old Hollywood, old TV stalwart. Brilliant, brilliant delivery, everything he says. Um, I'm planning to draft the perfect suicide note that will hurt my snake husband and his new girlfriend the most. Um, You're a horoscope person? Do you know what? I am, but not... Like, I don't know things about horoscopes. Like, I'm not clued in on astrology. But I find that you'll read something just vague enough about your oh, life. Yeah. But the things that you attribute it to proves to you what is actually playing mm. on your mind. A bit like how a coin toss will tell you how you really feel about something. There's a great, I don't know if you know this, but I like Mad Men. And there's a great Mad Men uh, scene, because usually when they do the fortune cookie scene, it's like, oh my God, you should be in love with Michael Douglas or something. It's like, it's exactly, <laughs> it's exactly what is needed in the film. Yeah. And it, there's a great Mad Men scene where, it's, where it is that, where it's vague but it works. And I feel like that's a far better approximation of how fortune cookies and horoscopes and all that sort of stuff works is that it's usually quite vague and um, unless it's, it's in like, big. It's, yeah, it's you telling yourself what you need to hear really. Yeah. Although I did, I did download the CoStar app and that right. is very specific, mm. like just weirdly so. It tells you what to do and not do for the day. Oh. Great. It starts controlling you. Today's today's message: It's okay to cry while things are going well. Oh, right. well, yeah. But does that make it more specific? Because you are then going tick, tick, or whatever. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is, is it, there's a lot of like convolutedness here. <laughs> Any other weirdly specific favorite parts? Um. The moment that 
you know, Earl's just found all the money and you mm. think he's going to yell and, and hit her and then he just breaks down crying. And it's the moment where Jenna kind of evaluates the situation and you see it on her face. Mm. She's like, I'm going to have to lie. And yeah. she says, you know, it was all for the baby. I think that was such brilliant acting from Carrie Russell. Yes, you've not mentioned Carrie Russell yet, who I dare say is the lynch, well, it's not, it's not controversial, is the linchpin of the film, is the reason it works so well. I think Absolutely. you could attribute it to Adrian Shelley and the writing and directing and handling on tone, but I think if it wasn't for Carrie Russell being so magnetic, you know, magnetic, human, funny, sexy at points when she's getting into the relationship and just vulnerable at other points. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful performance. She's just, she's just very human. And yes. I think having seen like different people take on the role of Jenna in the musical, mm. it's quite apparent that you can do it a number of ways. Like I've seen it kind of people zeroing in on like her youth and then others, you know, making her seem a bit more mature. Um, kind of worn down by the years but I think she is like the perfect middle ground you know she's 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 got an old soul because she's kind of resigned to this life that she thinks it's is just... very 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 reminiscent of Dorothy Boyd in Jerry Maguire Renee Zellweger in Jerry Maguire when she goes I'm the oldest 22 year old in the world uh, yeah. I don't know if she is 22 she's like she's in her 20s have you seen Jerry Maguire I haven't, but I know Renee Zellweger. She's great. Not People personal. talk about Bridget Jones being star-making, and it obviously was, but it, it was Jerry Maguire. It was Jerry Maguire first. And or just, Shark Tale. Or Shark Tale. <laughs> just like people always think, people always think it was, um, people always think it's Holiday, but it's actually Lucky Star. Um, I will never forget Madonna's number one now because because of Bridget Jones, as a reason. Um, my way the specific favorite parts of the film. I enjoyed, hooray, woohoo, you got great hair. <laughs> um, uh, I love, just put those files on the floor, swiping the files, just little, little things, little comedic beats I enjoyed. Um, the, say something dirty, say something dirty, what do you want me to say? And then it finishes. Oh. It's, you know, it's, it's at the point where we, we, we don't know the extent of the horrors of their relationship, so so it's so it's a funny gag. And yeah, um, watching it back, it's like you've got to laugh or you'll cry. <laughs> and her just wonderful resignment. Um, I love both kisses. The whole gimmick of them doing being really professional and then kissing—it's wonderful. Um, the smile montage where she's smiling. Yeah, I had that in my best single minute. The Friday sequence. Hmm. is what I called it. Yes, it's lovely. It's, uh, you know, the slow to do... I mean, it's a bit manic at certain points. Um, <laughs> You'd hope that she's not actually doing that to all her customers. But it does uh, it does bring you into her ever-changing moods, uh, which mm -hmm. I think is a Paul Wells song. Um, when Andy Griffith goes, Pie Lady, listen to me. <laughs> and without a doubt, my favourite part of the film was the matching dresses of Lulu and Jenna at the end. And I, the, I love, I love, uh, there's a bit in Terms of Endearments where um, the little daughter of Emma 
has a matching rain um rain like like a like a head head shawl mm-hmm. for rain and so it's like plastic and covered and she has the same one as her grandmother and they're walking i love <laughs> matching outfits it's so sweet isn't it although i i watched this most recently with david and he said uh, about the end he was like they've ruined the interior design it looked better before <laughs> it literally had this in change her pies look worse and her diner looks worse it looks atrocious it's cool it's hip it's feminine that's the point <laughs> what's feminine about fluorescence just get it what's you know what's you know what you know what um outlives all genders Mm-hmm. A good business and a good design of a <laughs> layout that transcends. A good business. <laughs> it was. It needed a shake-up. I don't think it did. It was <laughs> well. Actually, then show that it needs a shake-up earlier on. Yeah. Have Joe go. Nobody comes here anymore, and have it be quiet. It's always full because people clearly mm-hmm. like the place. It's successful. Her pies are doing well, and also, what were those pies at the end? They looked like. Like Dr. Zeus pies, they looked like yeah. Do you know cats in the hat? They were literally the things that they have at the Who Festival in the Grinch, <laughs> where they're like stuffing different colors into the ambrosia. Um, <laughs> or is that Edward Scissorhands? The Edward Scissorhands and the Grinch have the exact same scene of an outsider being force-fed mountains of food. Yeah, <laughs> one of them has ambrosia, um, and. Uh, we move on. Uh, soundtrack Corner, obviously, this is a, this is a different mm-hmm. factor because we have a whole larger soundtrack uh, to talk about. Uh, well, no, you can talk about it. I don't really have any uh, comments on the um, musical soundtrack. But um, the film itself has, has a few nice songs. I thought that a few of them were a bit, bit kitschy. A bit. Yeah. There's no standouts, really. Interesting you say oh, that. I thought, shoot. for me, best use was Amen, the big orchestral swell. When yeah. Kiss and it's like the pan around. Um, that or Ride of the Valkyries, when she's looking at the horrors of motherhood through the eyes of this, this poor, tired woman. I actually had Rise of the Valkyries, uh, Flight of the Valkyries, uh, no, Rise, Rise of the Valkyries in my change. I thought it was Did a bit you? much. I like the whole looking at the horrors of childhood uh, or birth or mothering. But I thought it was just a bit much. And it always came in oddly. It never came in smooth. Yeah, I suppose so. But like, I think it just, it worked with the kind of detachment style or like the, the fantasy side of it, like where she's you know, because you had you you've got that in the way of like the visuals where she's making pies, and then you've got it with like the music as well. It'd be cool if like they were actually able to combine the two a bit better. But it's interesting because they don't actually do that in the the musical. Like they've got moments where she kind of drifts off and starts inventing a pie, but it's all done through like movement with like a bit of underscoring. Like they don't really have songs dedicated to those moments which is interesting that was my other massive change i hate pies you're, you're gonna change the essence of the whole film no i love pie <laughs> i i hate the whole 
oh, beat my husband to death, pa. I hate my child, pa. It's like so stupid. It's just so, it's like. But that's the whole motif. Like, no, I get it. Just because it's the essence of a film, you know, the whole, the new, the CGI cat people are the essence of cats. Doesn't mean it's a good film because of it. Um, oh man. I'm miserable, pa. And then it's never related. It's like, few blueberries and a bit of and a bit of flapjack. No, it is though, it is because if you listen to like what she's saying, it, it all ties in like there's reasons for like the different ingredients. Land A, of course. <laughs> yeah. What's your I favorite like pie? Hmm, interesting. Because I wasn't a big pie person before. Oh. Um I recently made a pecan pie. Which was like I'm, pretty... a I'm allergic to nuts, really? so I can't have pecan pie. I was I had uh, I spent a semester in America in Philadelphia, and so I was there for Thanksgiving. And pumpkin pie, incredible pumpkin is pie is marvelous. And it's not like pumpkin; it, it you can taste yeah. pumpkin, but it's sweet and lovely. But it's not like a savory pie. No, it's it's sweet. Interesting. Oh, maybe that'll um, be my next venture. I, make, I wanted to make because uh, I for Christmas I had the actual pie book with recipes from the show. Oh, is that a thing? Um, yeah, they've got a few, but um, I really wanted to try marshmallow mermaid, but I'm a vegetarian, so need some some kind of good alternatives. Anyone listening? Have some good uh, vegan marshmallows. Surely food. they've made a. Surely they've made a. Veggie. I feel like they have, thing. but it's a bit of effort to to go on Google. To Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so, so you mentioned how close to real life it was, which which uh, it it is. Um, to what extent? I know that she wrote it when she was um, with the with with child. Yeah. Was she in a disastrous relationship, or is that? Um, mm. Not as far as I'm aware, she seems to have a very good relationship. Yes, with her, he with set her. up a lovely charity after her passing. Yes. Um, I think it was mainly just like she was capturing the feelings of, you know, being pregnant, not really feeling ready or like a mother should. Um, and just all of the, the, con the inner conflict that comes along with that. And then obviously the, the moment that she's born and you have this just instant love connection so children are great i just love children <laughs> i love <laughs> babies in movies children in movies they're just delightful literally father father i if i ever have a little girl there will be no movie that i am more like than steve martin in father of the bride like i do, like it's there are certain movies where i've where i've realized i need to really watch a lot before certain things happen because I'm not going to be able to watch Field of Dreams after my dad dies. I'm not going to be able to watch Tears of Endearment after my mum dies and I probably won't be able to watch Father of the Bride when my daughter's <laughs> when she yeah. uh, when my daughter's about to get married. So it's like, oh no. Oh no. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Martin Shortle Martin Shortle, come along. Oh, Mr. Bags, Mr. Bags. Love Father of the Bride. What a great film. Um Best single minute then. Let's talk about how uh, uh, the the chunks uh, of the of the feature itself. Um, mm -hmm. 
the opening pregnancy test is just delightful and brings us into the um, world of the film and the tone of the film, which is a very, yeah. very, 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 very specific um, speaking tone. And it's not realistic, but it's not unrealistic. It's vaguely, I dare I say, it's vaguely poetic. It is. I think some of the dialogue... Oh, it's like, kitschy and trash. Yeah, it, it comes off like a bit unnatural at times but mm. you can't like downplay how good Adrian Shelley's writing is and just the odd line will catch you off guard and you'll be like oh that was good it's that old folksy it's that old folksy um truths you know yeah. the 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 Twilight Zone again there's a, there was a writer for the Twilight Zone called Earl Hamner Jr who went on more famously I guess to write the Waltons and it's those old folksy, you know, you know, tales as old as time, and and, and mm -hmm. you know, we are talking about this folksy wisdom, and uh, and it's yeah, those those age old truths um, that uh, that come about, and uh, it's just wonderful. And we and we obviously meet Adrian Shelley as Don and uh, Cheryl Hines, who almost undoubtedly I think steals the movie. She's brilliant. Yeah. Um, just wonderfully funny, dry, um, and great jean jackets. Yes, that's <laughs> the, the, the one envy that I have of the, of the characters. Jean jacket. You could, um, I'm sure you could find a jean jacket. Yeah, I've got, I think I've left one at home. I've got a black one, but it's mm. too darn cold. It is. Well, no, actually, it's getting warmer now. It is. And by the so, time this comes yeah. out, it'll be the middle of summer. <gasps> Exciting. No, 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 no. It'll be October. It'll be, oh. it'll be cold again. <laughs> you think you could release this on my birthday? When's your birthday? 24th. No, it comes out on the 21st. That's close enough for me. I'll wait three days and then I'll watch it. <laughs> there you go. Special, I mean, I special watch thing. myself back. What? <laughs> Last piece. Sold out even faster than usual today. Good on us. Thanks. Cal? Yeah. Are you happy? I mean, would you call yourself a happy man? Well, if you're asking me a serious question, I'll tell you. Happy enough. I don't expect much give much. I don't get much. I generally enjoy whatever comes up. It's my truth. Summed up for your feminine judgment. I'm happy enough. Why do you ask? No reason. Um, we move on. Uh, oh no no we don't move on I only Hello. said pregnancy test there's plenty <laughs> other best single minutes one good minute um, the bench uh, waiting for the bus and that sort of initial flirtation with uh, say his name again Dr. Panometer Pometer yeah stupid name. I think it's so brilliant because you see you're almost in like Sarah Bareilles' mind when you're watching this movie because you just see the moments that are so good that you think, yes, they needed to be punctuated with a song. Like 
only takes a taste is like pretty much that whole conversation verbatim mm. and it just works so well yeah it's that weird thing of watching movies after the musical or, and it's it's that weird combination it, and and because one of my favorite films full stop is sunset boulevard and one of my favorite musicals full stop is sunset boulevard and i sort of came to that at the same time, because it was a family, we're a big musical family, and so we would drive up to see me, great-grandma Mona, and we'd listen to the first half of a show on the way up, and the first and the second oh. half of the way down. And uh, Sunset Boulevard and Miss Saigon, there were the big rotational CDs. And um, it's, that, it's, that, it's that odd thing of going, okay, yeah, that's the song, that's the song. And, um, and I think, in actuality, as much as we, I think it's the common argument within the musical community um, that we want more original shows, obviously. But then when it comes to adaptations, I think the weakest adaptations of films or books or all that is when they make their own, is when they try and make it their own. Because if you're going to adapt it, utilize what made the film successful. And you, as you talked about with Waitress, it's a very, very faithful adaptation. Whereas for me, maybe it's because Tootsie is another one of my favourite movies. Mm-hmm. Tootsie was like bad. Uh, well, no, I didn't think it was as bad as everybody made out. Um, but um, so many different plot changes. And I thought, no, you're making this worse and unrealistic. It's, it's semi-believable that, um, that, he, that Michael can get away with uh, working on a soap show and dressing up as a woman and saying he has a uh, makeup allergy, so he has to do his makeup at home. That's believable. It's not believable that he can be a Broadway leading lady eight shows a week. That doesn't mean... And I understand that it's a musical, and so it makes sense to make it a musical. Yeah. Um, but Tootsie is wonderful. I am not Emily Kimberly. No, I am not. I'm Ever Kimberly. You a Tootsie fan, Ryan? No, not so much. It's interesting because I feel like like so many older movies, I think people are trying to do what like they did with Waitress now. They're taking so many older... Some Like It Hot's just been announced. Mrs. Doubtfire's in the works. Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, last show I watched uh, before lockdown three was Sleepless in Seattle, the musical. Um, <laughs> it was a bit of a swing and a miss, I'm afraid. Um, it had the potential to be very good, and it just it kind of fell. Sleepless in Seattle is is just an is an odd film anyway, and yeah. it's it's a miracle that that film works. I don't know anybody who would go, okay, let's <laughs> let's try again because it's a miracle that that film works even half as good as it does. I mean, yeah. I I I am big when I remember Sally, so I, I my love of Sleepless in Seattle is lessened. I think um, I just don't think it's as good as. When I'm excited. But um and, and and also, I mean Meg Ryan, you know, unless you're gonna get Meg Ryan in. I'd watch okay. it if Meg Ryan was there, but she wasn't. Have you um, seen um She Loves Me by chance? <laughs> Have I seen She Loves Me? Um yes, I adore She Loves Me. Absolutely sensational. Obviously, that is the OG first yeah. uh, shop around the corner. Which, uh, talking of Meg Ryan, then becomes You've Got Mail. Yeah, that's the way we think of it. I think that was a brilliant adaptation. 
F-O-X. You know, people forget how sad You've Got Mail is and that long stretches of that movie pass by where it's just Meg Ryan being sad about not gonna not being able to be the woman that her mother was. I know. It's like I'd hate Tom Hanks as well. Also, Tom Hanks. What about him? I don't know. You know, is he is he the ideal leading man? He's he not, was- and that's why I'm in love with him. Like <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like he, he's convinced everyone that he's like this debonair charmer. Yeah. Sleep since he also works because they never share a scene together. And so you can believe it. <laughs> that is it. You've hit yeah. the nail on the head though. And then you've got mail is, oh wait, I just, I just believe that they have chemistry for a whole two hour movie and they don't. I mean, it's the, it's the enemies to lovers trope, isn't it? Yeah. And so they hate each other mm. and then as a result you can believe that that uh, transforms to love yes and um, oh fine then ending this tangent what is your favorite Ephron Ryan of the trilogy my favorite what Nora Ephron Meg Ryan movie of the trilogy of when I met Sally sleeps in Seattle and you've got now um interesting I think I haven't really I haven't seen any of them in like a while. Tell a lie. I think I watched Sleepless in Seattle like last year. I think you've got mail. It's the most satisfying build up. Well, then you've got When Harry Met Sally. It's when I Met Sally. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> um, best line. Lots of little um, hang about. I didn't get to see him in a single minute. Oh, you got your. Um, I had the Friday sequence, like you said. Uh, sex montage, brilliant, brilliant. When she just jumps on him as he closes the door. Also, very risky move. Could have been the nurse. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And, He's um, got caught so many times before. Hmm. Um, I guess that's part of it. The risk. Yeah. Also, well, no, we'll get to this later. <laughs> okay. And uh, baking a pie uh, in her kitchen with Jim. Mm. And he's just being uh, a lemon, pretty much. <laughs> but in, yeah, in a, in a delightful way. And he's mm. like, what can I do? <laughs> Smashes some blueberries twice. And it's, then it's perfect consistency. Me and my sister were watching a lot of Come Down With Me's uh, over this past lockdown. And mm. there is the trope of... of <laughs> The, whether it's sometimes it's the man and sometimes it's the woman, but on couples come down with me, there is the it's the rarity that a couple cooks together. It's always I don't trust you. You stand over there. Are you? Which one are you in the in the relationship? Oh, I am the I'm the chef. I mean, come on, I am the host. <laughs> I am the chef. I am. Ever. It is for the audience's sake because I knew, of course. I. It, it, it is a great coming from behind or being taken. <laughs> what? Or somebody coming behind when you're cooking or doing a menial mm-hmm. job is a spectacular, glorious, warmthful thing. Is warmthful, warmthful is not a word. Warm. Warming, <laughs> yes. Um, and, uh, it's, and when you're cooking or making coffee, 
<laughs> Best line. Uh, I've got a few. Do you want to do back and forth? <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, I do have pasty, pasty skin. Okay. <laughs> um, I, this is a longer one. Are you happy? I'll give you a serious answer. Happy enough. I don't expect much. I don't get much. I don't give much. I generally enjoy whatever comes along. That's my answer for you. I'm happy enough. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> Why? Because I'm such a malcontented, miserable, <laughs> depressive. No, I just think it's it's very well uh, delivered and it's quite philosophical without being too, you know, shoved down your throat. Um, that was actually a, uh, a song and it got cut um, oh. for time. Have you listened to it? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's all right. It is all right. I Would think you put it back in? Probably not. I think it's weird for Cal to have that much stage I'm time. I'm happy enough. Is that how it goes? <laughs> exactly that. Um, I could find the whole meaning of life in those sad eyes. Like that that made it into the show that is the opening uh lyric to you matter to me and it's just oh it's just the age-old thing it's how arthur miller got marilyn he said mm. you're the saddest girl i've ever met and it's it's maybe infantilizing a little bit i don't know but um not well, infantilizing I have someone call me sad in a sexy way <laughs> this is this is wonderful i it's un I don't even think it's infantilizing. I, I take back my own comment. I think it's the thing of knowing somebody wholly, and you yeah. and nobody ever says you make you know. It's always you make me so happy. It's always you know you're so sexy. It's always all these other litany of things, and it's that thing of. I mean, bringing up when I met Sally again. It's the it's his speech. You know, every it, it, people look at it as cliche now because it's been done so many 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 times worse but when he lists all the little things i, I, I love that you get a little crinkle of your nose when you look at me like i'm mad i, I love that you get colder and it's 90 degrees out i love that it takes you an hour to order a sandwich I, I i came here tonight and it's not because i'm lonely and it's not because it's new year's eve i came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible that's just like you harry you say something like that and you make it impossible for me to hate you. And I hate you, Harry. I hate you. Gosh, Sally Albright, the perfect they one. Were, they were in the room just then. <laughs> they were. For our audio listeners. <laughs> um, why did I get drunk? I do stupid things when I'm drunk, like super my husband. Very funny. Um, Very dark humour. Uh, I can't have coffee. It's on the bad food list you gave me. What kind of doctor are you? That got maybe one of the biggest laughs uh, in the show. It's a great line. It's in that the trailer. Line. It's clearly, they they knew what they had with that line. Yeah. Um, I tell the like, biggest laugh is always uh, opening of Act 2, the bad idea of reprise, and it's uh, Jenna and Palmer having sex, and then we pan out and we've got Becky and Cal and Dawn and Ogie just it, it like everybody's just, having sex yeah you can be as loud as hell you what, what's basically the avenue cue that, song basically that 
and it's just the raucous like hysteria that erupts in the is her leaving Earl a song or is that just a line because I presume if it's a line then that's um rapturous applause yes that that one does get you um it's in the middle of a song so she's singing my baby (laughs) i'm happy now i've got a baby (laughs) we just need your take on all of the songs i should i am sarah i'm thomas Um, i'm making a pie making a pie putting love inside of a pie Happiness and sadness, all in a pie. Making a pie tonight. I'm going to make a pie tonight. (laughs) Get her on the phone, honestly. Waitress 2, Electric Boogaloo. Um, The first scene is tearing down the design and putting (laughs) back up the original. The old one back up. We can still call it Lulu. Um, Lulu's, Lulu's diner. God's sake. Uh, so yeah, to answer your question, uh, it's spoken in like an interlude, and everyone's like, "Yeah." Um, got any more best lines? Uh, no, I've got a few more. Uh, oh. I was addicted to saying things and having them matter to someone. That also makes it in as dialogue with underscoring. Just beautiful. Um, I know you don't like this one, but vanilla cussed with banana, hold the banana. <laughs> it's very funny because because she yeah. doesn't want a penis. It's very funny. Um, and just underrated Adrian Shelley line, you are the queen of kindness and goodness. Very nice. <laughs> Worst line, I very much, I, you, we, we talked about how some of them come off as cringy. I don't like uncongratulations, unthank you. I, that was that very much skin crawl. I thought, Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's cute. Yeah, I, I guess. Nice. I guess. <laughs> um, best, what's the change? Best, what's the change? <laughs> I've talked about the pies. <laughs> um, there's no way that he lets her out of that car with that lipsticks, with that lipsticks mudge. I was, I said this. He's a bad, I he's a bad mister. He's a bad uh, affair. <laughs> you can kind of like, the first time, I was like, oh yeah, he's a man. He doesn't really pay attention to that kind of thing. But then you watch it again. She looks like, like the Joker. Is a, that is a huge fucking like red streak on her face. Yeah, yeah and, and, and also it, you know, it, like what was did the end of the kiss? Rah, dude, like what was? It, it's usually quite a an equal. Yeah, smudge. and like it's, none of it came off on him. Yeah, it feels like, ill advised. I felt like he literally would have had to go. <laughs> See, that could have been another cute moment. Oh, you've got a little. Oh, you've got a lot. You've got a lot. You've got a lot. You've actually got loads. Let me let me fix you. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, just to like fix some of the the pacing and the the dialogue in places. Because mm. um, I feel like people people just they have a habit in this film of just talking out of turn. They'll say whatever they want unprovoked. <laughs> Like Becky with her fucking boobs. She's like, did you know that they're crooked? And then it's never meant, like, it's never asked for. But it does have a good payoff with the, oh, I got this down in Florida. <laughs> this one's up in Maine. Yeah. Um, 
I guess my biggest problem, and I think it's not necessarily a problem, I think it's the performance. And I understand the performance, I think, because anybody can be an abusive piece of shit. They're not always stereotypical. But I think Jeremy Sisto in this is actually quite bad. As uh, Earl. Earl. I think when he comes in and throws the chair, I thought that was, at the wedding, I thought that was, like, bad. That, that, that wasn't frightening. That wasn't shocking. That was, like, badly handled. And I'm not saying he needs to smash up a jukebox, and I'm not saying he needs to be Bill Sykes and be brooding and silent. I think it's, it's interesting you say that, because I think from certain, le- like, from certain angles, you'll see him do something, and you'll be like, that guy's pathetic. Mm. Like, he's not scary at all and then he'll switch up on you and so it's like like he is a low life essentially yeah he's not this kind of caricature of like an evil dude that's that's what what really made it for me was that he has his vulnerable moments and he has his he's just like he's a possessive insecure boy man child and that translates well, I think, with, with the little things that he does. I think I, I agree with like the chair thing, just as well, because like I feel In the like middle of the wedding. Yeah, I don't think he would have No, he wouldn't have. He would have waited outside. Spectacle. Yeah. But then he's he's just like he's just brash and like I thought the one slap we get was very well handled very well positioned and very well delivered um uh but I thought yeah that the chair specifically was uh... I think it th- they needed something to justify um Joe coming back and being like you you damaged my diner also did he because he yeah just he just knocked over a foldable chair <laughs> he needed to do something yeah. to like warrant him saying like you're a dick yeah or even r- majorly ruin the wedding like starts yeah. on it like verbally or something and go, you ruined you ruined that girl's wedding um but uh, other, yeah other than that uh, as i said the diner and the final pies look atrocious <laughs> they look like the cupcake inator like literally just a purple splodge yeah. Anything. I love you. I love you. I'll make it all like an accident. Um, Brilliant. Anything. Anything. Universal Studios. Chiching. <laughs> that is the one film that me and my sister know all the lines. Oh, from. come on. It's you, you, you may have a rival with Thomas and Isabel Carruthers. It was like Isabel's favourite film. She would watch it, which, and she would do the thing of finishing it, starting it again. Yeah. Taiwanese politics. Um, no more big government. <laughs> <laughs> but rest in peace, Kelly Preston. It's so sad. I know. Another Jerry Maguire. You know, another Jerry Maguire alum. Uh, Alec Baldwin. I was like, who's this guy? I really like his energy. And then, uh, and little did I know, I would go on to adore Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Um, my one other change. Shoot. It's to do with Dawn and Ogie's uh, relationship. Because I think in the musical, they have the same origins. You know, they they meet, she hates him. She wants to send him away. He's persistent. And then there's the clinch and there's the moment where they realize that they have so much in common. 
and it's 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 the very like it's the cheesy thing of like you know the twinkle the like the ding and they're like oh my god and I feel like it would have been fitting with the movie to have that kind of thing as well but instead we got Dawn saying oh well no one else is gonna love me so and like her settling and it's like well does she actually love him or is she just like too insecure I liked that though a little bit because I know that we love we you know we love stories of everybody being happy and we love stories of you know strong women being happy on their own but also there's lots of people in life that do just settle and and they're not miserable they do have okay happiness so I think I think I, I think the film is going for a different angle I say this not having seen the musical, but I think the film is, and Shelley is going for something a bit more realistic. I do, I do get it, but I feel like we're kind of surrounded by like morbidity and like people settling into their, their drab lives. And I think for, for me anyway, it seemed like Dawn's happiness was like the, the trigger or the catalyst for Jenna to be like, okay, like, what am I doing? Cause like, yeah. She's actually going out and like achieving her dreams. And she is, of course, the absolute worst example of settling. Um, yeah. So I guess we are officially forgetting about that nonsense that happened last month. Yes, we officially are. I want to apologize for it. I almost called you just to apologize. I mean, I was so stressed out at the time, taking on all those new patients. I hadn't been sleeping well. My judgment was not what it normally is. I want you to know that'll never happen again. From now on, our relationship will be strictly a medical and professional one. Jenna, no. Not with the door open. Dear baby, P.S. I'd want to be able to teach a baby such as yourself the difference between good and bad right and wrong but it seems i'm not fit to teach nobody nothing you still in there we got a phone call i'll be right out norma uh mrs henderson needs to be weighed would you take care of that and you can get dressed i'll see you in my office in a few minutes and fine exactly they've already they've already explored that side of things because she is she had settled for this you know childhood sweetheart turned psycho such as life. What's left from Rian's nose? Um, I just think it's it's a beautiful like the sh the film and the the musical are both beautiful tributes to um, Adrian Shelley and like yeah. left such a lovely uh, legacy. And like I say, very faithful adaptation, but mm -hmm. it's got that kind of modern twist with Sarah Bareilles' sound, um, and. It's one that people say is overrated already, having only been kind of in the public eye for like five or so years. But I think, like the film, it is timeless. And yes, it might be like the bad go-to for audition songs and things, but I think story-wise, it's simple, it's heartfelt. It doesn't need all the grandiose of like your greatest showman and 
you know, other shows at the time. I wouldn't say it's overrated. I think it's exactly well rated. I yeah. think it's, um, I, I, as I've said, it's not my favourite show. It's not a show that I've listened to a lot. Um, it's not a show that I would exactly go and see, I don't think, unless it was like no, dirt, rock bottom tickets. I would, I would recommend it at least once if you can find some cheap seats. On I mean, I will literally, I'm like a rabid dog. You can <laughs> sit me in front of, I don't know, fucking one of those, um, that, like certain delays, I will I will watch anything live. Um, At this point, yeah, but no, it's like there's another. Obviously, the 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 other layer to the visuals is they've got a lot of physical theatre and like in the same. But it it works, it works, and it's like things are kind of they kind of dance through things, not in like a very. <laughs> I'm trying to sell this to you. Making a pie. Do people come on as pies? No. Uh, there we go then, don't we? It's not a dancey show because they thought that would be too sensationalized. Mm. So it's very much like uh, an acting through movement show. But like the songs take the most precedence and they just have this kind of fluidity of motion. And the band's on the stage. The band is on the stage and... um, they serve them at different points in the show. Yeah, right. take a bye, everybody have a bye. <laughs> it just feels like it, it, it creates that diner feel and the, the motion of the day and like everything's going through the routine. And it's just a great, it's a great visual audio sensory experience. Mm-hmm. And it smells like pie. Oh, can you have pie? Can you? I presume yeah, they, they sell still, pie. They sell pies, and they also pump the scent of pie into the foyer at the Adelphi. Oh my god! Yeah, It'll be, they'll have been pumping that for so many months that Back to the Future, you'll come in and you'll think, "Oh, it's the Delorean. It's the smoke of the Delorean." <laughs> no, smoked <laughs> pie. Money, I smoke pie. Money, <laughs> Doc, you. You put pie odor into a foyer back? Oh, oh me. You made a pie. Hey, <laughs> how do you keep saying that? <laughs> um, yeah, great experience. Would highly recommend it. It's going on tour. Um, yeah, it seems it seems there. like it's a tour show. Um, what's left from Tom's notes? Uh, nothing. Other than, speaking of Mad Men, Helen Bishop's in this. She's um, the div- she's the divorcee from the first and second season, who is the mother of Glenn, and uh, she's a uh, doctor, 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 uh, doctor's wife. Who, oh, Francine! Nice. Yes, she's wonderful, and even in that brief moment, she's very nice. And I, yeah. and I simultaneously like that she's not a caricature of a cold, evil bitch or something. That because all these, all of these like affair movies, they're always the the other person's always evil. I mean, in this case, obviously Earl is evil. That's yeah, yeah. obviously. But I but feel I like he, it's he always yeah. being like a feminist uh, movie to not place too much emphasis on oh his wife is terrible. And it's the fact she she asks like, "Are you happy with her?" And then she's like, "Don't answer that," because she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to consider that there is another, you know, 
human being on the other side of things yeah likely very upset i there is another change that that kind of brings to mind and it's like i i wholeheartedly agree with her leaving jim at the hospital at the end i think it was perfect thing for her but the fact that she just very nonchalantly was like you can go back to your wife now if i was francine and my husband had just had like a six month long affair. You don't know this. You're not, you don't well, yeah, know this. That's the thing I want to know. And like, Oh, when, so you think yeah, that Jenna should, should confess to the wife. Maybe not even herself, but like that it's the fact that she kind of framed it as, okay, no one gets hurt this way. You can just go back to the life that was clearly not satisfying for you. And like, I know it's her movie. It's mm. not his. So we don't need to know what he decides to do but it's the fact that she was like no body count we can end things here and everything will be fine again and it's like well no he's cheated on his wife for like yeah. a long time and he's in love with you because and also we can't have her say um you should tell your wife because if he is going to tell his wife then he should be with jenna i don't know why they don't i don't know yeah. in all honesty i know it's a realistic movie why did he have to be married and I know that it's feminist and I know that she's happy and content with her daughter and her business. Yeah. But why did he have to be married and why couldn't they just get together? I think the, the important thing for this movie anyway, not for all movies, but the important thing for this one was that she was self-sufficient and she mm. relied on herself and the importance of self-love and, you know, familial love, platonic love mm. over anything else because she'd obviously entered into this this relationship this marriage with earl and thought that oh it's normal you know for me to be kind of financially controlled and everything that i do is surveilled and sorted by him and it's like she she didn't have her own you know money her own sense of agency and so to go from that to just another relationship, I feel like would have discredited her journey. This has been the takeaway from our first two episodes. I, I personally know all for I wanted them to just get together anyway as well. I know, but he had to fix himself. Again, he had to do yeah. work on himself and be okay. Catch Hello. me if you can. They should just get together at the end. <laughs> Tom Hanks. What is it with me and like, films where they don't get together i was watching a film i watched uh, enola holmes yesterday. oh my god <laughs> and i was like if they force a romance out of this i'm gonna be really mad they didn't really they can't I mean, they kind of alluded to it but they don't end up together and i was like yeah damn right they, they spend the whole film being like you can do whatever you want you don't have to be consigned to a man unless unless he's cute and he's a duke like, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with that? It's like all the new Star Wars movies. Yeah. You know, have some goddamn romance and, and emotion. It's not even, it's, it's emotion more than anything. Like, all those new Star Wars movies have nothing. I think, I think love and emotion and romance don't have to be, like, analogous. Like Romance has to be. I think like, romance. You can't have romance with a friend. I don't. I think romance is a specific term. Well, no, that's what I mean. They don't have to be 
like hand in hand like you can have you know a loving affectionate set of characters mm. that will rely on each other and are vulnerable with each other without it being like you know boyfriend and girlfriend mm. i think i like my romance love movies or whatever two ways i like them to get together and be happy or i like them to end in death or <laughs> or, or being left i i can i can have it only have it two ways i can either have woody in Annie Hall talking about how miserable he is now and how he had to write a play where they get together to deal with his depression or I can have uh, wet Harry and we can have Harry inside. We had this really nice uh, cake. I forget, what did you say uh, in regards to La La Land? Because I know you... Love La La Land. Great film. Yeah. I thought... the Oscar... end death though. <laughs> no, but they don't get together. I think, well, when I was a, when I was a cool, ooh, look at me, I don't like... I don't like them. Um, look at me. Uh, I'm so miserable and alone. When I was that as a kid, which has swung <laughs> exactly. This is the misery of my life that I only have two states: madly in love or miserable. And um, and uh, the I was always like, well, all of my favorite romance movies they don't get together. Annie Hall, Five Hundred Days of Summer, uh, the apart and and then but then my logic immediately fell through, and I was like. And the only other movies I like, Annie Hall, uh, uh, no, sorry, uh, When Harry Met Sally in the Apartment, the whole, they do get together, but the whole point of the movies is that it won't work. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Because they're not, that's not true. Oh, well, this is the thing, isn't it? I, you know, every movie changes whether you're happy in a relationship or not. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine watching. Uh... No, I've, I've actually... In the past, well, what's it been now? Two years. Um, Jesus Christ. Uh, but in, I've, I've actually watched now all of the movies that I thought would be bad. And they weren't too bad. That's good. I actually got uh, broken up with at the end of La La Land. So I, I immediately changed my relationship to yeah, this film. I had a, not a, not a boyfriend, girlfriend. It was only a month and a half or so. But um, yeah, La La Land was, I, I realised, I was watching La La Land. And I was like, oh. The penny dropped. This isn't. This isn't going to work. And, it's not uh, like a universal thing. Like people watching with their significant others, and they're like, "Damn, maybe I should go start a jazz club." Fuck of a And um, great movie. Loved Love La La Land. I thought the Oscars got it wrong. I thought La La Land should have been Best Picture, and I thought Barry Jenkins should have won Best Director. Wait, um, this was a mistake. <laughs> it is La La Land. Everybody blames Warren. It's not Warren Beatty's fault. Warren Beatty read it and he saw, and he was like, what's this? And then he showed it to Faye Dunway, who was like, oh, Warren, you old codger. And she was like, la la land. And everybody blames Warren. Oh. Well, you should blame Faye Dunaway. Um, <laughs> there is no alternate ending. Uh, the movie we get is the movie we get. Uh, mm -hmm. But there are a few fun facts. And when I say fun facts, um, Facts. Uh, horrible murder facts. <laughs> horrible maybe. murder facts. Um, now we've talked about the horrible murder. Uh, the toddler who plays Lulu in the movies is uh, her real daughter, Sophie Ostroy. Right. The How film... old is she now? Do we know? Uh, so this is 2007. I'm going to guess she's what? Four? Let's see. I mean, it would be easier to just Google it instead of me she guessing. Is... 
she's 18 now. She's 18 now, so she would have been... Quick maths. Oh, this isn't going to work. Um, four. <laughs> she would have been four. So I was right. Yeah. Oh, see, there we go. The movie was shot in 20 days. Um, alternate in the uh, Earl relationship, when Jenna and Earl argue in bed, the scene originally concluded in a sexual encounter that Kerry Russell described as kind of rapey. Uh, <laughs> that's one hell of a way to describe it. Uh, while filming the scene, however, Jeremy Sisto's sympathetic delivery of the line, you're my sweet thing, caused Adrian Shelley to reassess her original concept of the character and she changed the scene on set to end with Earl quietly going to sleep. Interesting. Mm. I think we get enough bad Earl. I don't think... Mm. I think there's definitely like oh forced like like um, yeah, coerced. There's a not there's a lot of coercion of yeah. yeah. It's it's just him again looking at her and not seeing her. You know it. Yeah. It the the come on. The, it's been a month. Come on. Yeah. the The line that's just sums him up as a character for me is, "You're the only person I've ever loved. You're the only person that's ever belonged to me." And it's like, you see how warped his perception of a relationship People is. People don't belong to each other. Breakfast yeah. at Tiffany's. And, uh, it's like, like, he's not doing this out of malice, per se. It's because he genuinely thinks that he's in the right. Mm. Terrible thing. A good villain. Yeah, old Joe's check was apparently for $270,450. Wow. Although the cursive total is partially covered by a thumb and the digits off screen. If you zoom and freeze frame, you can see the first part of the cursive writing when she first starts opening the check. The amount was obscured on purpose through these methods and quick editing. According to the DVD commentary, in order to help avoid making the film seem dated in any way, the prop department, however, never did get the check quite right. Uh, Joe's address on the check is seen as... what a boring end of a pound. So there we go. We don't exactly know how much money. But, uh... Do you want to know something that's going to make you go, ugh. So in the musical, they also don't specify. Um, but when she's reading the card... He walks she back on. ...as like a spectral figure. And he's like, start fresh. Tips his little hat and they have a little chime. And then he goes off. It's like, oh, making a pie in the sky. <laughs> I'm making a pie in the sky. I'm in heaven. Uh, yeah, also, we're going to link down below to uh, Tom Carruthers' version of Waitress. It'll be on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music. And there's a whole song about old Joe in heaven called Pie in the Sky. And then um, I also thought that was a bit fumbled, actually, the dealing with old Joe's death. Oh, yeah, he, he slipped in a coma. He's not coming out. Fucking yeah. hell. <laughs> like, quick. I feel like if they'd said, like, he's dead, it would have been too jarring. I think he so needed to be like, dying. I think it didn't... I thought it shouldn't have been an operation. I thought it should have been, I'm going to die, Jimmy. Well, Maybe in the... In his, again, clumsy exposition where he's like, I haven't got many years left, so give me a pie. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I think in the win in the wedding dance, the lovely wedding dance they have. Oh, um, that's a song as well. Take it from an old man. What incredible name! Take yeah. it from an old man. Yeah.
the last line is hold out your hands and take it from an old man. <laughs> it's it's like my theory about um, a whole new world being about them having sex on the carpet. You know, it absolutely is. Hold your breath, it gets better. I mean, that is literally. There's actually a parody of that song called Take Off Your Clothes. Oh. Yeah. Very, very similar themes. Oh, my TV's gone off. Um, tagline rundown. The year's most delicious, delicious romantic comedy. Fine. But if only if life were as easy as pie. That's good. I'll allow that. That is brilliant. That is. But it's not as good as making a pie. Making a pie. It should have been called Take It From An Old Man. This is a, <laughs> this is the film's best. Yeah. Um, Do you have um, any of the musical taglines there? No, I don't. Are there? I presume so. Um, wait, let me have a look. Toasters. It only takes a taste. Oh. Is one of them. Uh, if only life were as easy as pie. Um. Starring Sarah Bareilles. Okay, that's. Oh, this is a good one. She's done taking orders. But she's not. Her her goal in life is to take orders until she dies. But it's a double double meaning. Uh, oh, then... of course. Yeah, I got it. I... <laughs> uh, everyone deserves a slice of happiness. Uh... <laughs> That's it. That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. That'll do. I liked. Uh, I did. I like. She's done taking orders. Yes, it works. Um, Tom's big questions. We've talked about uh, Francine. We've talked about Ogie. Mm -hmm. Um, why does Joe do a Hannibal Lecter sketch of? Um... <laughs> I've never understood it. I guess it's, it's not set up. Problem. How easy would it be for him to be sketching? Earlier in a scene, it would be obnoxiously he has a easy. He has a pencil in like a lot of his scenes. It would be it's obnoxiously random. easy to just have him draw a dog and just go, <laughs> Oh, you're sketching again, Joe. You don't even need to show yeah. him sketching. It would be insanely easy to set that they up. They should have done that. It is nice in a way because it was like, it's to show that he, again, he's not a heartless bastard and all the times that he was there. He, he was actually taking an interest of like, he took a shine to Jenna. I'm the drawings, please. <laughs> I think having the card in itself, you know, to my only friend, that was nice enough. The drawing, the thing is, the drawing's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's saved a little bit by Dawn and Becky's reaction. Yeah, it's like, they're just like, oh. Because it's like vaguely meant to be a joke, but then it's the clincher of the movie, like sentimentality and, and hope-wise and all that. So it feels slightly out of touch, um, yeah. all the same. Um, Brian, uh, this is your second pick. We've got uh, Catch Me If You Can next week. Um, but what's your final thoughts on, on Waitress? Um, I just, I love it. I think it's, I'm really glad that you liked it. Because... Uh, mm. It's not a perfectly crafted movie, but it's just 
it, it's it's a slice of happiness if you will um it i think it's the fact that it's simple it's character driven nothing you know crazy happens to these people it's it's just a very good reflection of the human condition somebody's killing people in town and they're like <laughs> it's joe he's on a they call it the pie killer <laughs> only one waiter oh my god this is a pumpkin ale and then they have to bring her in they have to bring her in and obviously it would be very good because he's castle isn't he nathan fillion do we all do we all remember castle he's the only one that i knew prior to watching this yeah, and Jenna Russell's, uh, Jenna Russell, Kerry Russell, has gone on to be in The Americans, which I don't watch. Do you watch The Americans? Mm. No. Yeah. Very popular, I apparently. Think the fact that it wasn't like a star-studded lineup either. Yeah. Just drove it home for me. It was very, very human. Mm. It's a lovely, lovely, lovely film. If you were going to make up a song, it's tough because you know all of the songs. I do. I prefer your renditions, to be honest. There we go. Let's all <laughs> sing together. Making a pie. Making a pie. Gotta make a pie. Making a pie to get away. Da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-da-ba. da ba 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 da 